Morning, dear. Morning. Isn't it a lovely day? Wow, someone seems chipper. I should be. I slept like a baby. I guess so. I haven't seen you this eager in, gee, I don't know how long. Welcome to the new me. Who knows? Maybe I'll be a ray of sunshine every day. Don't you have reviews today? Yep. Then how can you be so happy? I don't know. I just am. Let me at him, I say. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait till they're over with, but in the end, who cares, right? It's not like I'm up for a promotion or anything. Good for you, honey. I remember how worked up you got last year. New year, babe. Nothing's going to get me down this time around. I don't even know what to say. Well, I've got to get Michael up and about. Oh, well then how about I get breakfast ready? Who are you, and, and what have you done with my husband? Oh, him? We traded him in for a new model. <laughs> You're such a goofball. Jerry could hear Jeff's footsteps from five cubicles away. There was something different about his gait. It seemed as if there was a jumpy limp to his stride. Jerry smiled to himself and turned. Jeff was nervous. How's it going, Jeff? Good. He watched Jeff's eyes dart around the room. Look a little tired, brah. I haven't really slept that well. His smile receded into wrinkles. He looked weak. Getting too much action, brah? <laughs> nah, I wish. Nah, I think I have the stomach flu or something. That's too bad. At first I thought you were going to say it was the reviews. I mean, you're up for a raise this year, right? <laughs> yeah. Jeff's eyes tensed, straining to form a provable expression of calm. Well, I know last year I was terribly nervous. Who knows what lies behind the terrible doors of the conference room? I wonder... Do you think they'll cut anybody this time around? I don't know. I hope not. Hey, look, Jar. I gotta go. I'll see you later, right? Maybe. Unless something terrible happens. But who am I kidding? Good luck, Jeff. <laughs> luck? Who needs luck, right? Surely not you. Jerry smiled as Jeff walked back to his desk, a sunken man. 11.25 Jerry watched the doors to the conference room. Susan Bradler emerged. She strolled out casually and seemingly unfazed. Jerry looked over to the seats in the waiting area. Jeff sat there nervously shifting his feet. He checked his watch, then the clock. It amused Jerry to see Jeff squirm. His usual assured posture gave way to a coiled anxiety. After a short wait, Karen walked out and motioned for Jeff to enter. He walked towards the room, doing a poor impression of his usual strut. 
Jerry watched him enter with sunken shoulders as Karen pulled the doors closed. There was something about the strange defeat in Jeff's gate that no longer amused Jerry. Coming back from lunch, Jerry heard a familiar voice. So she's sitting on my knee when all of a sudden it's soaked. At first I didn't really notice it. I mean, I kept talking to my buddy Bryce for another minute or two until finally I feel this wet spot on my leg and it dawns on me. This chick just peed on me. No way. Totally. This girl just pissed all over my leg and she doesn't even move. Like it never even happened or something. In the break room, Hillary Delver and Matt Vanguard hung on Jeff's every word. Noticing Jerry, Jeff waved him over. So what did you do? Pushed her off my knee, told her she was a dumb bitch, and then I took her home. You are such a disgusting pig. Oink, oink. <laughs> you gotta give me some skin, man. Too slow, brah. <laughs> Not for real this time. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Now this time for real. Don't do it, Matt. Come on, I swear I won't pull away this time. See? So? How did it go? Guess who's getting a pay raise next period? Huh? Good for you, Jeff. It was a breeze, brah. Piece of the proverbial cake. So when are you up? Jerry studied Jeff's face and body language. He was calm. There were no traces of a nervous tick. No incontinuous eye inflections. 2.30. Jeff handed Jerry a cup of coffee. Here you go, brah. Thanks. Jerry inspected the cup suspiciously. He waited until Jeff took a sip before taking one of his own. No problem. Hey, I gotta get back to work. Good luck with the reviews, Jar. I'll see you later. Of course you will. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. 2.15. Harriet Clark came out of the conference room and summoned Jerry. There was an uneasiness about the whole situation as he took his seat next to the door. 2.29. The door opened and Karen appeared. He held the door open for Bryce Nielsen as he made his exit. Jerry observed the tired, defeated look in Bryce's eyes. It almost seemed as if he had been crying. He walked with slouched shoulders, his head hung low. Karen waved her arm to Jerry. He stood up slowly, turning one last time towards Bryce. Jerry noticed he wasn't going back to his desk. We're waiting. The lights in the conference room had been dimmed. The room felt cold and confining. Jerry walked to the front of the room where a single chair sat in front of a fold-out table. Seated at the table were a man and a woman, both wearing identical suits. Jerry tried to focus past them to the dark corners of the room. He could make out nothing. Please, take a seat. He looked back at the doors, noticing that Karen had taken next to them, as if poised to block any escape. So, Mr. Maggard, how are you doing today? Pretty good, I'd say. Good. That's very comforting. Sometimes when we conduct these reviews, employees get a little nervous. Anxiety leads to awkward interactions. We want this to feel more natural. You aren't intimidated in any way, are you, Mr. Maggard? Hmm, not in the least, but thanks for asking. You're very welcome. So may we start? Have at it. According to our files, you have worked for Avis Corporation around 12 years, is that correct? Sounds about right. How are you enjoying your job? I have no complaints. Hmm, interesting. You see, I was
would think someone might have a complaint or two if they had been passed up for a promotion, as it seems you were five years ago. Oh, that's just the nature of the game. Dust off the shoulder, so to speak. Nature of the game, you say. And what do you mean by game, Mr. Maggard? Is that a serious question? Maybe you think this is a comedy, Mr. Maggard. Let me assure you it is not. We are not in the practice of making jokes. If you please, could you answer the question? I find it hard to believe that you've never heard anyone say that before. The question is, what do you mean by game? Fair enough. Well, I guess what I was trying to say was that not getting the promotion is just the way it goes sometimes. How would you say it goes, Mr. Maggard? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know, like a game. Would you say you are winning or losing? Jerry stared into the man's blank face. He noticed a greenish tint to his skin, as if tanned by exposure to fluorescent lighting. Fairly even, I'd say. So it doesn't bother you that you didn't get the promotion? Not really. I mean, it would have been nice. Better pay, better benefits. But it's not like it's the end of the world. So you have reasoned yourself into a comfortable demeanor to deal with this situation? Reasoned myself? Are you alluding to something? I think what my colleague is saying is that in a case like yours, where you are basically the senior employee with more experience, that most people who were passed over for a promotion that was seemingly theirs for the taking might feel a little resentful. It seems as if you, Mr. Maggard, have developed a reasoned, temperate perspective, one that passes over animosity to assure a more sound work environment. Just the way I am. I can reason any situation out. Hmm. Then you have no ill will towards Ms. Halstead? Not in the least bit. Life has a funny way of working itself out. So there really isn't any need to fret over the past. Interesting. You seem to have a preoccupation with humor. How, then, would you describe your relationship with your superior, Ms. Halstead? She does her job, and I do mine. Fairly typical, I think. What do you mean by typical? She gives me projects to do, and I do them. We don't hang out or anything after work, but as far as the office goes, I believe we're pretty civil. Is civility the best you could hope for when dealing with Ms. Halstead? Never really thought about it like that, I'll admit. Strange question, really. In what way is it a strange question? This is getting a bit philosophical, don't you think? Is that how you perceive this review? A little. Every time the company has conducted reviews, they mainly talk about specific accounts I've worked on, or if I was ever tardy. I've never had a review where they've asked me if being civil with my boss is the best I can hope for. Underneath the soft buzz of the lights and the even tone of his interrogators, Jerry thought he heard whispering. He strained his eyes to focus beyond the man to the corner of the room. For a second, he thought he saw a silhouette. But his eyes quickly lost their attention. Um, excuse me, who's that? Miss Halstead, would you mind leaving the room? No, of course not. Thank you. The female interrogator reached into her briefcase. When her hand re-emerged, she was holding a small device resembling a handheld radio. How have you been feeling lately, Mr. Maggard? How do you mean? Words have been spread. 
There are rumors that certain employees have been sick. Are you feeling ill, Mr. Maggard? Not that I'm aware of, no. Viruses are such nasty little things. They're dirty, invisible to the naked eye, yet cause so much harm to the system. They can come in all forms and can spread in any number of ways. In fact, there's just been a new strand we've heard about. Is that so? Mr. Maggard, have you ever heard of Station Zero? No. You're sure of that? Of course. Why? It seems that there is this virus which can spread through radio waves. Amazing, really, but also very frightening. Lordy, I'd assume it would be bad news. The woman slid the device over to the man. He studied it, then set it in front of himself. You see, Mr. Maggard, this virus is transmitted through frequency. As far as I have heard, what usually happens is when your radio is on, you first hear a voice. The whispering was real. He knew it. This voice is almost like a warning system. It's the first sign that something isn't right. Then it gets really terrifying. You see, shortly after the voice comes, a frequency that, like a cough, spreads the infection. Tell me, Mr. Maggard, have you ever had contact with this signal? The room began to blur on the periphery. All of Jerry's muscles began to constrict. Doubt, paranoia, aggression, insubordination. These are the common symptoms associated with what Station Zero calls the primordial frequency. Has Station Zero had contact with you? Something terrible rumbled in Jerry's stomach as the man and woman stood. Are you telling us no, Mr. Maggard? He's lying. You see that? The way his eyes twitch to the upper left as if he's imagining what to tell us? See? There you go again. He's quite good at it, but he's lying. Why don't you hit yourself, Mr. Maggard? We can read you like an open book, Mr. Maggard. Tell us the truth. Have you had contact with Station Zero? No! Hit yourself again! 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 Station Zero, Mr. Maggard, do you remember it? Now he's just trying to comply. The sickness is very deeply entrenched. Are you telling us the truth, Mr. Maggard? Or are you just trying to give us the answer you think we want to hear? He's lying again. Are you lying to us, Mr. Maggard? Jerry's vision narrowed. His head throbbed to the continuing acceleration of his pulse. From behind them, he could barely make out the shape of the figure in the corner. Whoever it was now stood up. Jerry tried to control the tears from streaming down his cheek. But the pain of his convulsed muscles proved too much. Are you prepared to tell us what you know about Station Zero, Mr. Maggard, or would you continue to lie to us? We can do this well into the night if that suits you. I, I, I am... We find your lack of cooperation intolerable, Mr. Maggard. It would be in your best interest to answer us. Jerry tensed as his stomach turned. He couldn't control it. Are you okay, Mr. Maggard? A surge of warmth came to his face as he realized he had ruined his favorite trousers. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Can we finish this another time? The awful noise had stopped. Jerry was in control of his muscles again. Mr. Maggard, do you need assistance? I'm fine, sorry. I've got to go. Karen stood watch just outside the door. Her face conformed to an expression of skeptical concern. Jerry? 
Are you all right? You look peaked. Uh, Karen, I've got to take the rest of the day off. I'm not feeling very good. He moved past her with an awkward sidestep. He tried to keep his backside towards the wall. As he reached the elevator, he noticed the interrogators standing outside the conference room. They stared at him with mild confusion. He turned away from their gaze. Jerry found Jeff staring at him from across the room. Jeff put a hand over his mouth, trying unsuccessfully to hide his laughter. The elevator opened. Jeff had put something in his coffee, Jerry realized. Jerry's eyes flexed. He gave his tan nemesis the finger. Much to his relief, Jerry remembered he still had his gym shorts in the trunk. He sat in his car, waiting for his heartbeat to return back to normal. What had happened in that room?